The podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is advised. And welcome back to the Wednesday episode of Brutal Nation. I'm your host, the mighty and powerful Scott Alexander. And looking sexy today, by the way, in my sweatpants and my t-shirt. Because I'm not just walking around naked. Right across from me is the one, uh, the only, the bushy-haired princess herself, Tammy Underwood. Say, grr, Tam. Hi, everybody. Like a wild woman. You know what you should do? Because your hair is kind of really poofy, especially when it rains. Is you should put them in pigtails with little bones in them. Kind of like a cave woman. Yeah? That'd be... You know, I should put them in, like, the pigtails with the wire hangers and be like Pippi Longstockings. No, you look like a bush woman. I was Pippi Longstockings for Christmas one year. I mean, for Halloween. You would be an awesome bush woman. Just saying. Whatever, Scott. (laughs) I just don't even know what to say to you sometimes. All right, so you've been baiting me with this one, with this Daniel J. Scary. Say, scary. It's scary. It's scary. But you won't fucking. This is what you're telling You don't fucking tell me shit. You just no. kind of bait me in on it. Yep. And then I'm sitting there wanting to research it. But I know if I do, then I'm not going to be surprised when you tell me anything. Yeah, no. And then you're going to fucking shoot me in the dick. I will. And it makes me sad. Nobody yeah. Wants to be shot in the dick. No. No. Especially me. Yeah. Because you like it too much. Your dick not being shot. In <laughs> yes, not being shot in my dick. That's not, no. that's a no no. See, that's that, that's not same same. <laughs> not same same. That no no. Not same same. <laughs> Over here, yes yes. Over here, no yeah. no. Not okay. same same. You look right here. Look look look. Over here and no no. So are you trying to say all police officers in Florida are Asian? You look right here. Same same. <laughs> same same. No no. No no. <laughs> You're so stupid. You irritate me. So it seems like, though, when it comes to some of the cases I do, that I am pretty adept at finding um, cases where the phrase truth is stranger than fiction really applies. So this is a case of a teenager who suffered from traumatic abuse throughout his childhood. Abuse that catapulted him into a life of crime. Uh, which I feel was his way of coping with the feelings he was beginning to have. It was his... About sheep. What? It was his coping mechanism. Sheep. Shut up. Most of us have experienced a time in our lives when we have been rejected by somebody. For one reason or another, they didn't take that rejection well. I know I have. If one hasn't had a personal experience with this... They know of someone who has. I'm sure you have. Happened to me. Let me tell you a story. Happens to me oh, all the time. Oh, God. Tammy does, not my mom. There I was. Trying to get a little bit of love, love. Doing, hey, baby. Want to touch my pee-pee? My current love interest looked at me and said, no, I don't put out. Fuck you. And I don't, I don't, I'm not going to ever get laid. Well, you know, that's your problem. I'm, I get rejected all the time. Makes me sad. I, had I no thought sex you life. were going to talk about the fact that I reject you sleeping with my mother. But. You do. And you know what? I want to bring that up, God damn it. You're cock blocking me and your mom all the damn time saying your mom might like a little love love. No. Get that shot of penicillin in her. No. The Scotty mixed drink. The penis colossus. <laughs> You're 
penis is not colossal. Do you like penis colossus? It'd be penis colada. And putting it in your mom. <laughs> Smacking her old ass. Okay. <laughs> or beating a gong. <laughs> Shut up. Do you like grannies at midnight? <laughs> and licking them with your tongue. <laughs> that look on your face. This is why we got to put this shit on fucking uh, YouTube. Because the look on your face is amazing. People would understand what I hate you. You know what the amazing thing is? Is that we don't script this shit. And this is exactly just what popped in my head when I started talking about well, your mom. Well, we don't script this shit because we like the raw reactions. Because we, fig- <laughs> we have found out and we've told people when we've had to re-record an episode because Scott's stupid. Then, yeah. It doesn't sound right. That is true. Yeah. You know what always sounds right, though? Loving your mom. No. So if you or someone you know have been in this sort of situation. You might be entitled to compensation. Call the law offices. <laughs> of. If you or somebody you know has died. Um, Which cracks me up. I know. If you've died, call us. We'll steal yeah, them for you. Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> So, you know that oftentimes the person being rejected doesn't deal with it in a rational manner. Because I had this guy literally try to follow me home. And it's like, I didn't want him to know where I live. So, I I even ran a red light to get away from him. And then I found an apartment complex and pulled towards the middle of the lot and like hunkered down in my car. And I stayed that way for almost an hour because I was afraid to come out of there again. I've had that shit happen to me. While living here, it was one of the Twisted Blue fans, and I think I told Don about this. It's been a long time though. I'm fucking. I'm I'm at home. It's like a Saturday, you know. I'm just oh, of your um, yeah, your band fans. Yeah, and I get a knock at my door, and I'm, what the fuck? And there's a girl standing out there that I don't recognize. Do you remember me? No. Don't know who you are. She had flowers, and I'm a fan. Da 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 da. And I'm in love with you. Um, how do you know where I live? Number one, apparently I got followed her. I can't remember. It's been a while, but she found where I lived. That's fucking creepy as shit. I locked my doors. I don't, but okay. Not now I don't. I don't have to. I got fucking drug dealers that look after my house. Yeah, well. (laughs) So their negative feelings regarding this rejection may manifest in somewhat unpredictable actions. We have seen where men and or women have killed the person who rejected them, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Today, oh, well, today I said this might actually cause the person in question to cyberstalk them. Okay? Like, freaking troll them on Facebook and Twitter and shit. Yeah. Um. Where was I? However, in the late 80s, when this crime occurred, their behavior may have included unsolicited phone calls and sending random gifts to the door in hopes of changing the other person's mind. Yes. Okay? To the person receiving the unwanted attention, it might become a little annoying. However, in this case, the attention could become frightening and even dangerous. Especially when they wind up in your house looking at you going, I love watching you sleep. I mean, your mom didn't mind, but other people might. Yeah. This being the case, the way Daniel LaPlante reacted to being rejected is unlike anything I've ever heard of. 
Um, I'm willing to bet there isn't another case of what could easily be labeled as stalking that is remotely similar to the one I'm going to share with you today. Uh, some of the information I found, although from credible sources, um, I mean, and I'm going off some of the reports, I did find court documents that really helped me get accurate information because there, it, he has actually, his case has worked its way into urban legend folklore. And you'll see what I mean a little later. But although I did find the details, um, I will get into below. Um, not only were some, because I did pull some from uh, actual reports, it's consistent with what I saw in the court documents. Um, so let me get into his story. Uh, Daniel J. LaPlante was born in Townsend, in Massachusetts, on May 15th, 1970. So he's around our age. Witch! He's a witch. It's Massachusetts. Well... Burn him. Yeah. He was actually born the same year my sister is was. Excuse me, dang. You're really hot, sister? I only have one sister, and no, that's not mm, the answer. Tasty. Shut up. Fucking gross. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't find a whole lot of information about his early childhood, except for that while his mother and his biological father were together, um, his father abused him both physically and sexually. Oh, there's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> so this information was consistent throughout all the articles, because a lot of his childhood I have to pull from articles. Gotcha. Early childhood, because this happened when he was a teenager. So the majority of what I also could find was centered around him as a teenager, okay? At some point, his biological parents separated, and his mother eventually got married, okay? Remarried, excuse me. Daniel lived with his mother, Elaine, and his new stepfather, David Moore, in Townsend. Um, he did also have two brothers, Stephen and Matthew, um, who lived there as well, but I couldn't find out if they were actually half-brothers or not, okay? So, um, I was able to confirm with court documents that Daniel's teen years had been as traumatizing as his early childhood may have been, while he was no longer subject to continual sexual and physical abuse from his biological father, that didn't seem to matter. His stepfather began where his father left off. We were just talking about that in yeah. the uh, other episode. Yeah. How people seek people out. Yeah. So his mom was with somebody who was obviously abusive. Yes. You know, whether it's to her or the, or the kid, but right. there's still a commonality. Right. Boom. Marries the stepdad doing the same fucking thing. That's the normality. Well. That's the, that's the connection. Yeah. However, um... The abuse that Moore doled out to Daniel was not only sexual and physical, he had added psychological abuse as well. Of course, well. yeah. There's always an escalation yeah. like that, yeah. So it shouldn't come as a surprise to anybody that Daniel began to have issues at school. Yeah, there you go. School officials attributed his academic decline to his diagnosis of dyslexia. Which I can understand on mm -hmm. some level. Some level, but However, uh, the real problem at home. However, usually a significant academic decline means there's a significant problem at home. We saw that with John Arthur Ackroyd's stepdaughter. Yep. You know? So, however, I couldn't any, find any record that he had received any help or support 
for his dyslexia either. So, but he was born in like 1970, what? Yeah, 1970. He was 70, so he was in like high school in the 80s. Yeah, mid 80s. Still, not a lot of help for people. That's true, because we were in high school in the mid 80s. Yeah, not not a whole lot of fucking help. Mid to late 80s, yeah. So he would have graduated in 88, because that's when my sister graduated. Um, well, supposed to graduate. Um, however, like I said, he didn't receive any help for the dyslexia. It weren't if that that weren't bad enough. Okay, he wasn't. Well thought of by his classmates. And this is why. Most of them later described Daniel with words like creepy and weird. And they attributed their opinion to him regularly regularly coming to school um, wearing filthy clothing. And his classmates also claimed that when he did this, he smelled really bad, which to me There's says neglect that, at home. That happens a lot with sexual abuse, you know, because oh, you make true. yourself yeah. as dirty as possible, hoping that your attacker this is true, isn't going to pursue you. Yeah, I did. Yeah, that, that, that's very common. Mm-hmm. Very, very common. Yeah, I won't say what I did, but yeah, it, I did. Um, so, so they assumed he had poor hygiene habits. With all this working against him, his fellow classmates did everything they could to steer clear of him in the hallways. Daniel's behavioral issues and declining academic achievement increased dramatically at point, one point that it eventually culminated where someone did recommend that he see a psychiatrist. Okay? Which would be good, right? That would be excellent. Yeah. However, the psychiatrist he was seeing that he was seen by quickly determined that Daniel suffered from what he turned to be hyperactivity disorder. And we all know I'm hyperactive. In the mid 80s, this diagnosis could be dealt with even then with an individual receiving regular therapy and medication. Back then it was Ritalin. It was just Ritalin. But it was a medication, right? Yes. This didn't happen in Daniel's case. For an entire year that he was being seen by this psychiatrist, the psychiatrist sexually abused him in unspeakable ways. Jesus fucking Christ, man. Yeah. So God. Yeah. So Daniel was finally able to get out from under the care of this man, and it became apparent by his behavior that his mental state had declined significantly as well. Okay? Then he started playing mind games. Around the time he quit going to see his abusive therapist, he began a career in criminality. Unfortunately, he never connected with any of his peers. So instead of hanging out with them, and I'm from I- Storm Lake, Iowa, so we scooped the loop on the weekends Weird in our free time. Iowa kids. Yeah, well, we didn't have anything better to do than drive around in circles. Cow tipping. Oh, we did that too. Yeah. Favorite we did sport. do that. Cat tipping. I didn't run through cornfields at night because I'm terrified of them. But yeah. Um, he chose to break into homes of people around the neighborhood. Okay? Okay. From a very beginning that... When, was he, oh, never mind. You said Massachusetts. Yeah. I'm back on track. So from the beginning, very beginning of when Daniel chose a home to break into, he wasn't only there to take the homeowner's valuable possessions. He... The feelings he received from committing the thefts was secondary. He did not have, he didn't go into the home with the uh, intention of stealing something. Okay. Okay. 
He did. I will say this. Um, he did steal things. Okay. I believe they were trophies. Ah. Okay. And even though, you know, at this point he hasn't killed anybody, Daniel's motivation was the feelings he got knowing the violation people would feel when they found out someone had been in their house and they didn't know it. That is what gave him a powerful rush of adrenaline. He was violating their sanctity, you know, their sanctuary. Because you and I have talked about it before. You would be more pissed off if somebody broke into your house because they violated your sanctuary. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so while Daniel was inside the house, though, this is why I think they were trophies. He scrounged around in their belongings, making it obvious that someone had gone through them. Yet his psychological torment didn't stop there. He would often move objects, especially the furniture. And he even went, had gone into some of the kitchens and either eaten some food, leaving the evidence laying out, or he would leave beverages in the fridge that he had drank half of. See, it's jacked to move someone's furniture because this is before, like, I have, I, I've got Wi-Fi, uh, or I think they're Wi-Fi light bulbs or they're fucking Bluetooth or something because I turn them oh, on yeah. with my phone. But before that, man, you walk into a dark castle, okay, I'm going to go put my lunch pan. Son of a bitch! What the, why is my cat, god damn, my fucking knee! Yeah, you're tripping over shit, man. Yeah, my friend's sister had a dog that went blind, and she rearranged the furniture, and little Pearly kept headbutting shit because she didn't know where shit was. Oh, God damn. I know. I would never do that if I had a blind animal. But You know what that dog needs? Seeing I cat. I was going to say a little white cane with a And a little white cane, exactly. Seeing I cat and a little white cane, man. Well, she's no longer alive. It's Jethro's. My dog Jethro's mom. No, oh, but yeah, she's no longer. I like passes. Life. They're adorable. Yeah, I think I need diapers for mine, but whatever. So, um, okay, so let's see. Oh, so the fear he knew he was instilling in the homeowners was what caused him the greatest pleasure, okay. especially when he thought he was causing them to lose their sanity, because some people thought they had ghosts. I can actually appreciate him thinking that because I get the greatest joy out of knowing that I drive you crazy with you some of the shit that I say. You do, because even though I might not react anymore, my dead silence gives you that visual of what my face it looks like. It speaks louder than any words you could ever say, and it's wonderful. Or that that'll be like, Scott! God, Scott! <laughs> That's one of my favorites. I get a big smile on my face. I almost have a little mini orgasm when you do that stuff. It's wonderful. Now we're going to get to the Andrews family, 1986. Brian Andrews and his two daughters lived in the neighboring town of Pepperell. It's, it was maybe, I don't know. They say it was like right next to that town. So okay. it depends, I guess, on how big Townsend is, on where this was from his place. But at that time, his daughters, Annie was 15 years old, his oldest, and Jessica was eight years old. The three were still mourning the loss of the mother, the wife and mother, who had recently died from cancer. I going to ask if she died or if she like, went to the mall and got no. lost. Or even worse, Ikea. Did she go to Ikea and just couldn't Get recover? lost. <laughs> Happened to me. She wanted the employees now. She works for Ikea. She yeah. lives at fucking Nobody Ikea. Nobody applies at Ikea. They get lost in Ikea. I brought that up before in our other show. Mm-hmm. Listen to the Scotty and Squatch show. You will hear the story of fucking Ikea. 
because I think we I, talked about that in the first episode of Scotty and Squatch. Uh, probably, yeah, because yeah. IKEA is terrifying. Yeah. It's terrifying. You know, they they don't hire anybody. Those are people that just fucking gave up. They got lost. <laughs> and they said, you know what? I might as well get paid for being here. <laughs> it's like, look, I need, I need to make money so I can go get those Swedish meatballs. <laughs> Obviously, I'm never leaving Ikea. Um, and maybe someday I'll become a manager. Maybe not. Probably <laughs> maybe, not. Maybe not. Because <laughs> I don't speak Swedish. But, hey, at least, you know, I can sit here and point people in the wrong direction all the time. Hey, how the Follow fuck did I get out of Follow the arrows. Oh, dude, you're an idiot. Follow oh, the arrows. Way. Oh, let me do that. Hey, how the fuck did I wind up back at this end cap with the goddamn glass lanterns on them that I just saw right around that other corner? Yeah. How did that happen? It's because they put them on every corner now. Well, I know that now. I do. <laughs> you learned that the hard way. It's almost like you got to team up with somebody and yell things like, Marco, and here's somebody go, Polo. Yeah. And follow the voice. Yeah. It's fucking terrifying. Yeah. Anyway, and you may continue. Heaven forbid if you fucking stop and look at something when you're following somebody. Yeah, no shit, yeah. man. Scary. Yes. Yeah. Since Brian was suddenly living as a single father with two children on one income, he was a sink and not a dink. <laughs> you know, single income, no kids. Yeah. Okay. I get it. Oh, no. I guess he had two kids, but whatever. <laughs> he had to work more in order to feed and clothe and shelter his daughters. Which is what any good parent would do. Exactly. And I read somewhere, but I didn't include it because it wasn't in the court documents, that um, they were avid churchgoers. Very, very, very active in their church. Did they go to the Church of the Mighty Majestic Mountain Cow? No. Or were they, they chicken actually, monks? Shut up. They were actually very avid churchgoers, so they were, you know, well-loved in the community. Okay, and cool. And very, you know, so... You know, he loved his daughters. They were heartbroken when their wife, his wife died. You know, all that shit. And so, um, as a result, he wasn't able to spend the time he wanted at home with Annie and Jessica. The good thing was that despite their significant age difference, the two sisters were very close. Oh, sweet. Yeah, and the closeness increased when they were grieving the loss of their mother together. So... I mean, so they often were okay staying at home alone. They didn't, like, beat the shit out of each other like me and my sister would have. Like, literally killed each other. Yelling, this is Sparta, kicking each other into holes. No, I dig, yeah. No, totally, totally. Um, So typical of any 15-year-old, Annie had begun to show an interest in boys. She often conversed with her friends, mostly daily, about typical mid-teen subjects. Back then, I will tell you, because of personal experience, that they were probably centered around the guys they were crushing on, where they they had all seen the new issue of Tiger Beat magazine, and what they would do if they ever met Kirk Cameron. I'm pretty sure that's exactly... Our coffee goddess is laughing because she knows I'm telling the truth. I can't... I never understood the Kirk Cameron thing. I thought that he was a douchebag even before he went all christian but that's just me. I know. Even yeah, that, no, I thought he was yeah, a Yeah, he was a little weird, but we all loved him. And in the 90s, it was it was New Kids on the Block, and I had an affinity for Donnie Wahlberg. Donnie, if you're listening, call me, baby. Run, run. Do not get anywhere <laughs> near her. She's got rabies. No, I do not. I don't see that tag around her neck. She hasn't you had a rabies shot. I don't shots. even know. I used to fucking... I, this might gross him out if he ever hears it. But anyways, I used to have, you know, wall, my walls... Covered from ceiling to floor with pictures of new kids on the block 
And I had one wall dedicated to the group and then, you know, individual pictures on every other wall. Well, I had individual pictures of Jordan and Jonathan, the twin brothers, or the two brothers, not twins. Then I had Danny and Joey on another wall. And I had an entire wall dedicated Donnie Wahlberg. And I would kiss him every night to practice kissing. Donnie, that's called a fucking <laughs> stalker. I know. I'm sure he that's, hasn't been either. Donnie, but yeah. Donnie, buddy, that's called a stalker. You might want to get that restraining yeah. order against Miss Underwood. Tammy Underwood immediately. Like now. Now. <laughs> I live in Oregon, but no, don't. Get it immediately. Yeah. Stalker. Anyway, continue on there, Miss Creeps yeah. a lot. Anyway. <laughs> Tammy Creeps a lot. <laughs> that's my rapper name. <laughs> Whatever. Thank you. See? So since I used to be a 15-year-old girl, I wasn't surprised to find out about how intrigued Annie was when she began getting phone calls from what she thought was a young gentleman. Okay? She wasn't in the least bit concerned because that was before the era of cell phones and we had phone books and 411 and everything. She wasn't in the least bit concerned because the boy who started calling her told her he had obtained her name and number from a friend of his and the friend went to the same school as she did. Okay? And the caller said his name was Danny. And then he sang, Backstreet is back. All right. No, actually, if his name was Danny, he would have been in New Kids on the Block. Oh, and it Christ. would be like, oh, 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 the right stuff. Or, please don't go, girl. I don't know what I'm more horrified or hanging at. tough. Yeah, step by step. I don't yeah. know what I'm more horrified at, you singing or... <laughs> the fact the that I know them? The fact that they, you know that because now... I went to their concert a couple years I've ago. I've never done heroin before, but now it's looking like a very viable option <laughs> for me to get over that... Self-medicate myself to get over that pain. <laughs> yeah. No, I actually went to their concert back in 2019. So if you'll excuse me, I'll go get a dirty needle because I want to... I want to. <laughs> you you want to die? I want to die. And some fentanyl lace heroin. <laughs> exactly. And I'm checking out now. <laughs> Because now you can't unsee that shit in your head. That's the, and you can't unhear that. That's you now scarred my brain. That is fucked up. Now you know how I feel when you talk about my mom. Don't worry, your mom will know how I feel too. <laughs> Remember, she said that she would wear that Catwoman outfit for me. I know that disgusted me. She knew she was disgusting me when she said it, and I told her, I said, "Mom, I can't believe you said it." She goes, "Because I heard you say she would never wear it because that's disgusting," and I knew I had to say I would. I'm like, "Fucker!" It's because your mom has a crush on me. We know that. I yeah, I know. I'm beginning a little some some from Mama. Anyway, sure that Backstreet is back. Gross. That I got the right stuff. And you'll be hanging tough. Oh, yes, I'll be hanging tough. <laughs> and Booyah. then you'll be singing, please don't go, girl. <laughs> <laughs> don't lose snow trails. What? Anyway, go ahead. I can't. Oh, my God. So we all know everything Danny told Annie was nothing but lies. Because he said, uh, and most people close to the case and those who have written about it believe he obtained the number a disturbing way. <laughs> They believe that prior to calling Annie, Danny had actually burglarized the Andrews residence. The theory is that while he was doing what he enjoyed doing in a stranger's home, Daniel found out Annie lived there. 
that when he saw her pictures all around the house, he had developed an unhealthy obsession with her. And they figured he went through everything in the house trying to find her phone number so he could call her later. Which I can see that. He wouldn't even have to do that. There's a, Danny, buddy, there's a thing called a fucking phone book. Yeah, but if they were unlisted. Oh, well, there is know. that. But if they're listed, man, try the phone book first. Try 411. Right, right. Or, or be a man about it. Come up from behind her and go, hey, little girl, do you like candy? That's true. It would have been. Yeah, that's true. No, there you go. She got a point. Yeah. yeah. There's ways to do this, man. Don't be all fucking creeping and yeah. shit. Yeah, don't be a hate. Don't be a, you know. Sure, you've stalker. got the right stuff and that you're hanging tough, buddy. Yeah. Anyways, when Daniel called in, he, he told her a little bit about himself. All of the adjectives he used were a complete fabrication of the truth as well. He said he was tall, blonde, athletic, and smart. Um, not seeing a lot of that from what you told me. But okay, yeah. continue. Even though she was a little bit skeptical what, about what he was saying, she was still intrigued and continued to talk to him. Because he had all the right stuff. <laughs> Baby. Baby. Yeah. <laughs> so Daniel and Annie spoke on the phone frequently. They said regularly for about a week. She'd begun to anticipate his call and was thrilled when they did arrive. Therefore, after about after this week, when he asked her if she would go on a date with him, she said, okay, right? Anyways, he told her that he would come over to her house and get her. After that, they would spend time together at the local fair. A typical date for any 15-year-old during the 80s. Okay, I mean, yeah, yeah, fair enough. You know, um, on the day of Daniel and Annie's date, she was giddy with excitement. She was so anxious when the doorbell rang, she couldn't answer the door fast enough. Okay, these are her accounts, by the way. Okay. However, when she saw the boy standing on her doorstep, she was somewhat surprised. When Daniel described himself to her on the phone, Annie pictured something other than what she was seeing. He was not tall. He was not athletic. Definitely wasn't blonde because he was a scrawny boy with dark hair that looked greasy and he had thick, bushy eyebrows. I'm like thinking, an Italian? No, I'm thinking monobrow type thing. Yeah, like a unibrow? Yeah. yeah like cat, two caterpillars? Yeah. That just kind of Yeah, like, um, what's his name? Other? Levy. Ah, oh, fuck. I can't, he's an actor that's fucking the dad on American, American Pie. Pie. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Anyways, um, being polite, like she was raised, um, Annie hit her astonishment and actually went on the date as planned. Okay. Nice girl. Yeah. Later, she can. She did claim that from the second she answered the door, she was getting a bad vibe from Daniel. And as the two walked around the fair, they engaged in normal conversation. Though, she told him all about her family and even mentioned that her mom had recently passed away from cancer. When she mentioned that her mother had died, though, she said that it was like a switch came on in Daniel's head. His eyes began to sparkle and his body language became animated. Okay. Then he began to bombard her with questions in a rapid fire succession, like just asking all these questions. Could be a nervous twist show. Um, wait a minute. He wanted specific details of her mother's death. During the questioning, 
Daniel actually asked Annie to tell him exactly how badly her mother had been suffering when she succumbed to her illness. And Annie became understandably uncomfortable with the turn, her date, the turn of events in her date with Daniel that she had taken that after she was only with him for an hour, she um, said, you know what? He's really too weird. This vibe is getting worse. So she made him made excuses on why she couldn't, you know, couldn't stay with him any longer that she had to get home. Happens to me when I'm trying to get some love in these days. Yeah. She tells me that I'm too damn weird and get no love. Sad. Is that the rejection you feel? Yes. Don't be weird, Scott. Between that and Patrick ignoring me and I mean not getting his letter. So oh, sad. Get some popsicle sticks, build a bridge, and get the fuck over it. I hate all of you. You don't understand my love of Patrick. Oh, no, I kind of do. Sad. It's, it's weird. It's not weird. Yeah, it is. Just because I want to spoon him. Dude, it is weird because it could be 5 o'clock in the morning when you check your mail on the way to work. And if you have a fucking letter in there from him, you're calling me and saying, I got a letter from Patrick. Goddamn right. <laughs> I'm just saying. So, at the same time, when she begged off on how why she had to leave him, she made it clear. I don't want to see you again. Okay? So, several days later, the sisters were hanging out at home, and they got to talking to each other. They were talking about their mom, and they began to tell stories about her. They were reminiscing about her, you know, all that crap, and about the good times they had. Then they had an idea, and this is where your other episode comes in, that they would have a seance and use a Ouija board. Sweet. Yeah. So they didn't actually expect anything to happen because, you know, they were raised in a Christian family. But they did, you know, they really didn't. I mean, it's freaking 80s. You don't really have much else to do, right? That's true. This and, is before yeah. video games and fucking yeah. vaping. and Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Cell phones. <laughs> before the apps came out. Before you can get free porn on your phones. Not like I would know anything about that. Okay, I have videos to prove otherwise, but okay. <laughs> Whatever. Wait till you see the next weird ones that I send you. Oh, God, please no. Oh, I found a collection. I am already traumatized. <laughs> I was traumatized by prune juice, but got even more traumatized by the birthday party and the dream. That birthday party one, the dream one. Have you seen them? I have sent you them all. The, the one where the guy's crawling out of the giant vagina. Oh, and they- the birthday party one with the little midget. Oh, oh, thank shit, okay. God I'm not alone. Oh, you wait. I got more. But wait, there's more. Because I was going to say, our mutual friend has talked to me about how you sent him prune juice. but not. <laughs> and then I told him about the other one. She, he, and he goes, you win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know I do. <laughs> I don't know what that prize was, but it wasn't good. So anyways, they went down to the basement and they did what they thought they were supposed to do to get, you know, to do the seance, right? They right. lit candles, they held hands, they sang some songs. Um, they actually weren't taking it very seriously, but it was distracting them. It was entertaining. Um, so when Brian came home from work, they stopped. Okay, that's their dad showed up. They stopped doing it. Because Jesus is looking yeah, at him. Because they didn't want him to know what they were doing because they thought he'd go, you know, he thought they had gone crazy. 
right. and get mad. So as Annie and Jessica were laying in bed, though, that night, yeah, wait for this. They began hearing a rhythmic tapping sound like this. Like what? Like I was doing it on my microphone so everybody could hear, but. Oh, because I don't have it on my. Yeah. I don't have my headphones like on. Like this. And it would be like periodically. Oh, I know what that is. No, it's not that. It wasn't fast. It was just rhythmic oh, okay. and tapping. Tell me more about okay. your mom. <laughs> so they, they said they were hearing it on the walls. Then they thought perhaps they had actually conjured their mother's dead spirit, you know, in their seance. So they thought, or that's what they thought. And the two girls sat together in Annie's room and just listened to the tapping. They were so happy that their experiment had worked. They was like, oh my God, we found our dead mom, right? So this excitement was short-lived though, because the tapping became consistent. It was constant almost every night, all day, all throughout the day. Um, when they were only, but, but only when they were home alone. Oh, okay. Okay. Or if they were dead at night and their father was sleeping. Okay. That is sleepy. Me not dead at night. You just said dead at night. Do they like die at night? Dead at night is what I meant to say. I apologize. I just wondered if they came back to life. Like, I'm the daughters of mother's past. Ooh, no. use the seance for I meant to say board. dead of night. I apologize for misspeaking on one small fucking word. A conjection. You are forgiven because I have the right stuff and I'm hanging tough. A conjunction. A conjunction junction. That's my function. I remember that on ABC. Yeah. And I'm just a bill from Capitol Hill. I'm just a bill. Yes, I'm only a bill. And I'm sitting here on Capitol Hill. They actually had a play in my town with that whole series of songs that they did during those commercials (laughs) or that show that it was really cute. And my son didn't understand why I was so excited to go see it. I said, because this is my childhood. <laughs> you know, when we had two fucking channels. Um, anyways, it got to a point, though, where they were losing sleep over this. Because it was happening while they were trying to sleep. And it was not long before objects and furniture began moving around their house, or disappearing. Yeah, that would drive somebody insane. Yeah. Okay, for example, one of the girls put food on the kitchen counter. She left the room for five minutes, and when they come back, the food was gone. Oh, shit. Yeah. They told Brian about this, the father, about what was going on, and they believed there was a ghost in the house, but he told them, that's nonsense. They were just grief-stricken over the loss of their mother. He assured them. Um, One evening, the girls were home alone and the tappings began again. But this time, it sounded as though it was coming from below them. Annie grabbed a kitchen knife and together the two crept down to the basement. To their horror, and I didn't find this in the court documents, so I didn't put it in there. But it was saying that during the seance, they were asking questions and every time they asked a question, tapping would answer. Like, for instance, it would tap once for yes and twice for no. You know. Sweet. Yeah. You know how they say seances go. Anyways, 
Um, to their horror, on the wall of the basement was written, and they thought it was blood, I'm in your room, come and find me. No, that's not creepy at all. Yeah. That's fucking normal right there. Fuck's sakes. Yeah. So they were stunned. They turned around, fled the basement, and left the fucking house. I would have done the same motherfucking thing. I would have fucking ran somewhere and not come back. Quickly, too. Very yeah, quickly. and called the fucking priest. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They ran to a neighbor's home who let them stay until their father returned from work. Hmm. Brian didn't know what his his daughters were, playing, were doing, but he was convinced that all of the strange stuff, including the writing on the walls, which did end up only being ketchup, by the way. Oh, okay. Were That's good. Annie and Jessica doing it. They, they were doing it themselves just to get his attention. Kind of makes sense, yeah. Yeah, it kind of does. Per, you know, perhaps it was a cry for attention. Um, you know, Brian thought maybe it was a cry for attention because I'm gone all the time. So he was convinced their behavior was a result of grief and what they thought was neglect. So he made them go see a therapist. Good dad. Like, seriously, yeah. kudos well, to dad. Yeah, exactly. If you think that your daughters are acting out, Get them a therapist. Big Daddy, if you're still alive, and yeah. I, I don't know if he is, dude, honestly, I'm honestly, God, dude, fucking awesome job. That's the right move. Yeah, totally. However, in January 1987, the thing continues. The actions continue. Okay? Um, whatever was terrorizing them was not done uh, whoever or whatever was terrorizing them wasn't finished. Okay. It had been about two weeks since the incident in the basement. And the knocking on the walls stopped for a while. Okay. However, it didn't last because two weeks later, the girls were home alone when the knocking started again. This time it was coming from Annie's bedroom walls. Yeah. Annie Again, picked up a knife, and they went and made their way up the stairs because they were knife, downstairs. Knife to meet you, burglar. Yeah. You like that knife? For, yeah, your, I did. joke there. Yeah, because yeah, they were downstairs, so they heard this noise upstairs in the room, so they took the knife upstairs. When they reached the doorway to Annie's bedroom, they saw another message written on the wall in what they thought was blood. It says, I'm back. Find me if you can. Yeah. No, that's normal. That's not creepy. Yeah. The girls screamed, turned around, and ran. Okay, you know what? I'm a big manly dude. I think I'm pretty fucking tough. You ran. But if I walk to my room and there's a fucking message I think is scrawled in blood that says, I'm, I'm back. back. Find, me. Find me if you can. Mm-hmm. You know what you're going to hear from me? Same thing you'd hear if I, when I see spiders. I'd be like in a high pitch. You'd be ah! screaming like a little girl, huh? And I'd be running my fucking fat ass down the street, probably buck-ass naked with my dick Kinda hanging out. Kind of like your son did with that flying spider. With a flying spider? Oh, yeah. No, that would totally be me. I'd be gone. I'd be like, I'd be ghost. And people would, why is Scott running down our road? Like in just buck-ass naked. Buck naked and screaming. And then the cops would come and they would tase me. And they would beat me and kick me just to find out. And hogtie you. And hogtie me. And I'd go to jail for about three months. And they'd go, oh, no, you didn't do anything wrong. You're a victim. And then they'd return me home. It'd be awesome. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's exactly how it would go. Do what? <laughs> yeah, well, the person's still waiting <laughs> yeah. in my house. Still waiting. Okay, so anyways, 
they of course ran back out of the house to a neighbor. They were shaking with fright. So the neighbor that told them once again, they found the writing on the wall in their house. She was sympathetic that the girls had lost their mother and spent so much time home without their father. The neighbor told them they could come in and call their father. Okay. On the phone, Annie and Jessica told Brian what had happened with the tapping and more writing on the wall. Irritated, Brian told the girls he would come home. He still believed they were making the whole thing up. Okay. Which, you know, I kind of see, you know. Yeah, but it doesn't sound, I don't know, because it doesn't sound like that's their normal behavior. Yeah. So for them to start doing but this But he all thinks of a that sudden, they started doing it. You know, close so closely after their mother died that that's what was causing the behavior. I don't know, man. I'd be listening to the kids, I, but then you know, again, I think I, after the second time I would be too. Of course, then again, I watch a lot of horror movies and I see how that shit plays out, where the parents go, "You don't know what you're talking about. Don't lie to me." And really, like the fucking killer's sitting there, you know, going, on "No, their I'm bed." Be- yeah, the killer's like on their bed, going, "Hey, thanks for showing up. No, your kids did warn you. I'm just letting you know you're gonna die because you're an idiot and you didn't listen to your fucking yeah. kids." It's a, yeah, same thing. Yeah. Same thing. See that over there? Yeah. That's the same, same. That no, no, no. That's the same, same. <laughs> so when Brian got there, he marched straight into the house and up the stairs. Sure enough, the writing was on the wall. <laughs> and tenement This halls. is where details get a bit fuzzy, though. Okay? There were some reports, and I have verified um, that uh, a feeling... That some of the like news reports were for dramatic effect, okay. However, court documents um, said that um, excuse me, some because like I said, some reports actually said that not only was there writing on the wall that the television was turned on with the volume at maximum, okay. But court documents said that. He saw the writing on the, just the writing on the wall. And one of the girls had not mentioned to him on the phone. And it uh, appeared since they fled the house, this message they found was marry me. So it happened after the girls had left. I'm sorry, but isn't that the normal way you propose? (laughs) Am I wrong? Yeah. And oh, that explains it, a lot. It, I mean, I also read in some reports that when that happened and they ran to the neighbor's house, the neighbor had actually gone over there with them and saw everything. And when he walked in again, it was totally different than when the neighbor had been there. So she was like, no, this is not the way it was. And he started to believe them. This, is, this actually explains a lot of the restraining orders that I have against me. Because you read, you wrote, marry me and catch up on the wall. Maybe. <laughs> or semen but hey you know ketchup the, the, semen same thing same 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 <laughs> you know the sentiment was still there and so was the sentiment <laughs> the sentiment the semen it the semen it you're wow. fucking disgusting that's when it appeared to him that all of this was not their daughter and it's not their over imagination um he figured there's something more serious going on here. Yeah, you fucking think? Yeah. So then, out of the corner of his eye, he saw something move. Okay? Was it a spider? No. He oh, spun God. around and saw what he knew was a scrawny boy standing in the hall. I heard it was on top. 
top of Annie's bed. But then I also read that it was in the hallway. Okay. The boy's face was covered in makeup. He was wearing a blonde wig and he had a dress on that belonged to the girl's mother. He wanted to feel pretty. Uh, Don't no. judge. And he was wearing, some, I mean, some reports say that it was a wedding dress, but there's no documentation of that, actual documentation. And he had a hatchet in his hand. Dude, that's totally out of psycho. Dude, that's more than out of psycho. No, that, that's Norman Bates shit. Go, no, mother. No, don't oh, make yeah. me kill her. I like her, mother. Don't make me kill her. Don't yeah. do this. Yeah. Um, however, Brian then struggled with the intruder who got away. Okay. Um, anyways, let's see. The, the guy got away. Okay. And Brian was surprised at how quickly he seemed to just vanish into thin air. Okay. That's Jason Voorhees shit, actually. I'm surprised yeah. Brian didn't know that he was there because... You know, when that type of killer like Jason Voorhees appears, you always hear. Ch -ch -ch -ch. So he didn't even pay attention to that. Because <laughs> that would have been my forever. I, I've been looking at. Oh, my God. Somebody wrote this on the wall. Ch -ch -ch -ch. I'm going to get the fuck out of there. Yeah. Well, anyways, in any event, the police were called. Okay. And they arrived. They conducted a thorough search of the house. They at first they couldn't find anything. Then they moved a dresser in Annie's bedroom and they found a small door. Oh. On when they opened it, they discovered there was a crawl space there. Inside was a small dark-haired boy who had attacked Brian. Shit. Yeah, he was curled up in the crawl space. Okay? Um, and it was, of course, Daniel LaPlante. So Annie had said, I know him. I went out with him two months ago on a date and it didn't go well. Um, some reports and, um, including the court documents actually say that he was there as long as two months living in their walls. Now I know why that song yeah. was written. Annie, you okay? You okay? You okay, Annie? Yeah. They actually found items that indicated he had been there quite a long time. Most of it was garbage, but there was also a sleeping bag and beer cans laying around and clothing that he could wear. Oh, okay. Yeah. My question is, is A... Why didn't his parents say he was missing? But then I kind of learned that. Um, the crawl space was actually connected to a passageway, um, which he was able to crawl through to knock on the various walls throughout the house. Is this place designed by H.H. H. Holmes? Uh, no, I think he actually, I don't know. Well, I told you I have a friend who has a house that when they remodeled it, they didn't want to redo any of the wiring, so they just freaking brought the walls out further and there was like a passageway yeah. he said that when he connected the wires a bunch of lights went on and i said it's a murder room <laughs> yeah so you know it could have been like that i don't know um okay so anyways 
connected to this crawl space uh, was these tunnels, you know, that he could crawl through to knock on the walls throughout the house. And um, hang on, what was I? So you want me to explain the crawl spaces and everything? No, I forgot where I was. Well, I, I, there's an actual legit excuse because okay. you gotta keep in mind, depending on how old the house is, they could have been slave passages. Oh, that's true too. Because and that's in Massachusetts. So. Yeah. See, and you didn't want people seeing your slaves or, or freaking like witches' houses that had. <laughs> Sorry. You don't want people seeing your slaves, witches' houses. Right? They need passages anyway, so they would travel in the slave passages. To get to the various rooms to do their services, because you know, out of sight, out of mind. Correct. So yeah, just just my thought. Yeah. Anywho, Woo-hoo. this is another creepy part of the story. Is that some of the articles did say that there were peepholes drilled into the walls so he could spy on the families, the family, at all the times. Mm. Yeah, yes. so that's why he knew when the dad was home, and yeah. Why wouldn't you? Like, honestly, if, if you're going to commit yourself to hiding in someone's walls, and you got For over you, two months, you lived in these people's... Dude, that scared the shit out of me. You're going to want to look at her fucking getting naked, is what you're going to want to do. Yeah, He's a teenage boy, man. He's going to be jerking well, off that shit. Not just that is why it scared me so much, is because I have a mice problem, because we live, like, backed up to a field. Are you sure they're mice? And I, Yeah, I was going to say, I hear them in my walls sometimes, that scared me. That's not mice. Is it you? Mm-mm. It's somebody who's coming to get you, though, Tammy. Thanks, Scott. And I'll never be able to sleep at night again. Sleep well. You know what? I have a problem sleeping at night anyways. Fuck off. I heard that they love you watching you. You dirty fucking bastard. I love that. I heard that they love watching you sleep. So peaceful. There's a rapper out there called Old Dirty Bastard. You're Bald Dirty Bastard. <laughs> that is true. I am a Bald Dirty Bastard. Anyways, so he was arrested. He was removed from the home and arrested. He was only 16 at that time. And so they placed him in a juvenile detention center. And he only spent 10 months there from January to October. He turned 17 on May 16, 1987. Okay, in October of 1987, his case was transferred from juvenile court to adult court. And the fact that he was being charged as an adult meant he could post bail. Okay, right. Which his mother helped him with. His mom helped pay his bail. He was then free to leave the detention, leave the facility. Here's where I'm confused because you brought it up and now it's plaguing my mind. Even worse than the question that I asked you and woke you up for yesterday. <laughs> Here's the question. Nothing is worse than that one. We'll get to that. <laughs> Maybe next episode I'll start off with that. Anyway, you brought up yourself. Why didn't the parents say, hey, where is Danny at? I, I'll get into it in a minute. We haven't seen him in two fucking months. I'll get to it in a minute. I. Yeah, I don't know if I touch on it here, but I'll get to it in a minute. All right, touch me and go. (laughs) You wish. Anyways, so at that time, he was charged with four counts of kidnapping, four counts of armed assault in a dwelling, and breaking and entering a dwelling. Kidnapping because of the torment he caused, you know. Um, 
And on December 11th, he was due to appear in the Middlesex Superior Courtroom. As opposed to the right or left sex, right? Or beginning and end sex. Or the back, front and back sex? Yes. Some people really like the back sex. <laughs> Some people like the middle one. I'm just saying. Some people like it on the side. <laughs> yeah. Me personally, I like the whole cans. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah. However, this never happened because Daniel had other plans. Ooh, hey, he's a planner. Yeah. His stay at the juvenile detention facility did nothing to curb his like enthusiasm for what he did in November. He broke into a neighbor's home. This, and they lived only about a half mile from him. This time he wasn't messing around. He was not messing around. Um, he wasn't playing mind games with his victims by rearranging the furniture. Instead, when he did this, he stole two handguns. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's a felony. Yeah. But go ahead. Yeah. Then, on December 1st, 1987, Daniel, armed with one of the stolen handguns, walked a half mile to the home of the Gustafson family. And um, the Gustafson family what, uh, that he ran into was 33-year-old Priscilla, and her husband, 34-year-old Andrew, lived there as well. And they had two children, seven-year-old Abigail and five-year-old William. I love that name, Abigail. Like, seriously, that's, that's a very sweet that name. That is a pretty little name. Like, whenever you think of a girl named Abigail or Abby, mm-hmm. you think of the sweetest little girl in the world. And they could be the fucking spawn of Satan, for all I know. But you always think, that's the first thing you think of. She's yeah. got to be a little sweetheart. She wears little dresses. And yeah. She plays with Barbie. And, and then know. she wears those little cute little socks with the black little patent leather shoes and jumps in mud puddles. Like I did. What's wrong with that? Nothing. I did it all the time. That's fucking rad. I I hated wearing dresses. So my mom will actually tell people back in the day that I was allergic to dresses because I'd put them on and sit on the curbs with my legs spread wide because I was no. Because you're trying to get customers even then. I was a tomboy for real. No, you're trying to get customers. And she'd always say, ladies close their legs when they're sitting down. I'm like, okay. You're like, I'm not a lady. I'm open for business. (laughs) Shut up. Chewing your tobacco in Iowa. This is actually when I lived in Hillsboro as a kid. So what were you chewing in Hillsboro? Mexicans? No, dude. I actually lived across the street from Sunshine Pizza and right next door to a wigwam um, flea market. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yep. I won't even tell you what else I did there, but yeah. I bet. Yeah, that's around the time I started smoking. So I would see people, and this is disgusting. I would see people throw cigarette butts down on the ground, Ew. and if it still had puff left on it, I would go pick it up and smoke it. Ew! I know. I think about that now. I'm thinking, do you know how I many people's so germs are on that? I do now. Thank you. People are fucking disgusting. I didn't think about that back then. I was just thinking, oh, I can get a cigarette. You know, and I, I say that yet I'm sexually active and will put my face in a, between a woman's legs. It makes it makes no sense, does it? Like, ew, you put your freaking mouth on somebody else's cigarette. Oh, I'll tongue her butt. No problem. <laughs> that look on your Cause face. No, because eating ass is like killing people, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I just love that fucking look. Makes my day. You know, and the sad part is, is I can't control it. Because I've been told many times, <laughs> we have no problem knowing what you're feeling. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's true. Oh, that's fucking awesome. That makes my day. It's the best e- Sunday ever. Yeah. 
So anyways, Priscilla was also pregnant with their third child. Okay. She was a church nursery school teacher. So they were also very, you know, had a very uh, spiritual background. Okay. Um, she was extremely sweet and she was very caring. And um, she also um, was dedicated to her faith and she sang in the church choir. Okay, hold on. I'm going to pause you right there. You want to know why? We always say this. This person was so sweet and nice. This and woman, blah, blah, blah. yes. You know what? You wait till tomorrow's episode because you're going to learn that that isn't always the fucking case. Because what happens on the outside is way different than what oh, happens I know. in the I, end. I know who you're going to talk about and I know way, a little bit about her. Yeah, way different. <laughs> yeah. So apparently Daniel entered their home, which they had just decorated for Christmas. And he saw Priscilla and William there. Now, this, and Abigail wasn't back yet because she wasn't done with school for the day. Okay? Now, and Andrew was at work. He was an attorney. Now, a little bit is unsure of how the events full unfolded, but it's widely believed that he used the gun to subdue William and Priscilla. Okay. And then tied them both up. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, you know, that way he had control. Yeah, right. So. Exactly. Yeah. Um, however, at some point, he did get Priscilla into her. I mean, this time he didn't hide in the fucking walls. He just fucking took her to the room, raped her, beat her, and then put a pillow over head, her head. That's the mom, right? Yeah. And shot her twice. Fuck me, what? Yeah. Put a pillow over her head to, as a, you know. Silencer. Yeah. As yeah. a, they call it an indigent silencer, but yeah. 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 He then went downstairs, grabbed William, took him upstairs, and drowned him in the tub. Didn't rape him or shoot him, drown him. Okay, well, I guess that's good, but drowning, not so much. Yeah, no, not at all. Then... When Abigail walked through the front door from school, he took her to the downstairs bathroom. Hold on, you said that he tied them up. He tied William and Priscilla up. Got, okay, I'm sorry. I told I you Abigail was still at school and she gotcha. hadn't arrived okay. home yet. Okay, I, I misunderstood. Yeah. I, I lost something there, so yeah. I'm back on track. Yeah, no. So when Abigail got home from school, he grabbed her, took her to the downstairs bathroom, and drowned her. Now, she's a seven-year-old, okay? William was four or five. Um... When Andrew arrived home, he had been calling them on the way home, trying to get a hold of them, okay, before he left work and shit, and he couldn't get a hold of them. So he's like, you know what? This is a little odd. This is about the time my daughter comes home from school. What the hell's going on, right? Right. Um, when he walked in the door, it was about five o'clock. He, he said the house was very unnaturally, eerily quiet. Okay. He made his way upstairs right away, and when he entered the, his bedroom, he saw his wife just laying there in a bloody mess. Okay. okay, there was blood everywhere. She was face down on the bed. The pillow was still over her head. He said it was obvious she was dead. And he was afraid of what he would find if he kept looking, so he ran from the house to a neighbor's house and called the police, which is actually what they tell you to do. Right. That makes yeah, that's yeah. exactly what you should do. So um 
when the police arrived, they saw the bodies of William and Abigail in the separate bathrooms, and they saw the mother in the master bedroom, and they realized that she was shot with a 22 caliber gun because they found the gun casings on the floor. Um, they also saw an open, untouched can of beer and semen stains on the bed. Okay. So they then also saw in the outside, they saw shoe prints in the flower bed. Okay. Okay. So while, you know, Roar got around about what had happened at the Gustafson house, um, nobody could understand in this town who could have done something so evil. Okay. Because it's pretty much a quiet town, I guess. Right. Um, they came up with a list of possible suspects. And even though Danny had other crimes, he was not considered one. Okay. And the fact that he had just been released from the juvenile detention facility, he was eventually, oh no, excuse me. Um, Andrew, I mean, uh, Danny, the criminal or Andrew, the attorney. No fucking. Yeah. The father wasn't really considered, excuse me. Wasn't considered Andrew. a suspect. Yeah. Right. Because, you know, which is not normally the case. Right. And a lot of question was brought up by the media about why he wasn't a suspect when he didn't look for his children. But then that's what they tell you not to do. You know what I mean? Right. So it's like they tell you if you see something like that, get out of the house because, you know. Um, so anyways... Because of the crimes that Daniel had against the Andrews family, that's why I was getting confused there. Because, you know, you have Andrew the father, but you have the Andrews family from when he, you know, lived in their walls. Mm -hmm. Um, And because he had just been released from the detention center, he was on that list. Now, they also found some clothes somewhere between, you know, around the area that were just looked like they had just been thrown there. Okay. And, um, like around the area of the, uh, the house, the Gustafson house. So they picked it up and apparently this is what the report said that they let hounds, you know, bloodhounds and shit. Release the hounds. Smell them. And they led him straight to Daniel's house. Like, to his front door. Oh, we know this motherfucker right here. Yeah. And so, apparently, when the police arrived, Daniel was standing on the front porch. He saw them and took off. (laughs) Yeah, I would too. (laughs) And they couldn't catch up to him. Now. Fast as fast can be, you'll never catch me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um. Okay, so the following day, the police went. They found him in the library. I mean, because I got ahead of myself. They found him in the library, okay? He denied knowing anything about these murders, okay? They said, and then he said to the police, I was home watching TV most of the day, and then I went to my six-year-old niece's birthday party, okay? All right. Other than their suspicions, they didn't have anything to hold him on. So they had to let him go. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Right. So later that day, they went to the house to question him again. 
And that's when he was on the porch, saw them, turned and ran into the woods. And so they figured it's obvious this kid has something to hide. Obviously. Oh, sorry. Did I? Yeah. Did I scrunch down? Yep. You scrunched down like a little troll. Okay. Well, it's because I am. <laughs> so, so when they searched that, you know, they said he's got something to hide. So they got permission to search the house. They found another number, number of incriminating items of evidence, but I'll talk about those in a minute. Um, as such of the woods that separated the house, the Gustafson from the, cause apparently it was just straight through the wooded area to get to their house. Okay. They turned up a sh- another shirt belonging to Daniel and a wet pair of gloves, which they believed he'd been wearing when he drowned Abigail and William. Okay? Which makes sense. You know, because they didn't find fingerprints. Right. So, an APB was issued and a manhunt ensued. More like a kid hunt, isn't it? It's yeah, kind of. Really a man. Yeah. And apparently, a state helicopter was brought in. I have an itch. Uh, yeah, an itch that I just can't reach. Okay, anyways, an itch was, uh, an itch, a helicopter was brought in as well as some police dogs and nearly 50 local state officers. While they were on the run, Daniel wasn't that careful about staying under radar. He actually abducted a woman at gunpoint and made him made her drive him around in her Volkswagen. Oh, thank you. I thought you were going to come scratch my back, but no, this will be... No, I have things for that. I'm going to pee. Keep talking. Okay. You always go pee when I'm on the thingy. (laughs) Obviously. (laughs) Okay. Too much coffee. Oh, crap. I got it caught in my shirt. Oh, my bra. Excuse me. (laughs) I got the little thingy. There we go. I got the thingy caught in my thingy. Um, So, (laughs) anyways... I know, right? <laughs> so he wasn't, you know, he kidnapped this woman, made her, he made her drive the Scooby-Doo van all over town until she was able to get away. Um, and he fled on foot. She called the police to report what had happened. And Daniel LaPlante was now driving her van. So by this time, several others have reported seeing him around town and with their help, they actually found him about 6.30 the following evening. He was hiding in a dumpster at a lumber yard in Iyer, Massachusetts, which is actually 11 miles southeast of Townsend, where he lived. Okay. He made some miles, man. Yeah. He was arrested without incident. He didn't put up a fight. And But the reports say he was laughing hysterically. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Almost like I always think of the Joker when I hear something like that, like maniacally. Wait a minute. Did he turn around and go, do you want to know how I got these scars? I don't think so. But. That's one of my favorite. Yeah. Which one? Tell me, have you ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight? I love that part. I love Jack Nicholson, man. Yeah. Um. Let's see here. Um, as the as the bewildered, because you know he was laughing, searched him. They found a gun stuffed in his underwear. Shut up, Scott. That is a good way to blow your dick off. Yeah, he was charged with the murders of Priscilla, Abigail, and William, obviously, and he received some other charges as well. 
he being had, greasy without a permit. Yeah, he can that he had committed while he was running from the police. You know, like kidnapping that woman, carjacking her, all right, that shit. Right, right. Okay, now I didn't get into it in here, so I'm going to get into it here in a second. Hold on, use my Ouija board to see what you're going to say next. Will she say it's something more sex? Oh, oh, it's moving. Oh, I went to know. God damn it. Yeah. Fuck. Is she really a Sasquatch? Put my fingers on it lightly. Holy shit, it went right to yes? Holy fuck. I told you. It didn't you. even move in a circle, huh? No, it went right to fucking yes. It was like, yeah, that's definite. We're not even guessing. Shut up. That's delicious right there. You're a dick. Yeah, Anyways. Kinda. <laughs> but I'm lovable. Anyways, I didn't get into this. But apparently... The reason why his parents didn't report him as missing is that oftentimes, probably because of the views, he would disappear. And they had found that he was staying in crawl spaces in their walls. And they never thought to fucking say, hey, kid, let's not hide in the fucking crawl space of the walls, you little fucking freak. No, I guess they just figured it was his way to get away. Daniel, knock, knock, knock. If you're in there, we got some food for you. We put a dog dish out. I mean, that's what I, like I said, that's what I'd heard. So. Hey, you little creepy bastard. Come here and fuck. That is fucking creepy. Even if you're hiding in your own walls. That's creepy shit right there, man. It can be, yeah. But then again, you know, you got stepdad who's wanting to fucking ass rape you or fucking whatever the fuck he was doing. So. Pretty much, yeah. So, yeah, I can't really blame him. Yeah. So, anyways. Sorry, I put a little bite of food in my mouth because I expected you to talk more. My bad. You're forgiven. Yeah. So anyways, I'm going to actually list the evidence out that linked Daniel to the Gustafson murders. It was so overwhelming that I'm surprised they even called any witnesses in. Your dog is licking her butt. Look at my couch. Oh, my dog does that all the time. Jethro. So we got to put another blanket down on there because uh, turn up my couch. Yeah. Or he'll lick the floor or anything else. It's just weird. So this is what they found. A 22 caliber bullet casing was found on the on in the LaPlante house, which matched the two found at the Gustafson house. The gun used to shoot Pr- Priscilla was found by Daniel's stepfather in the glove compartment of their vehicle. Um, and the vehicle just sat in the yard of their home, so, you know, he could have just thrown it in there. And a ballistics test proved that it was the same gun. Okay? A pair of Converse sneakers, Polly the Chuck Taylors. That's right. You got to have the Chucks, man. Got to have the Chuckies. Um, I actually had a pair as an adult. Which match, but they're hard to wear because they have like no arch support. Yeah, that's why I don't wear them. Yeah. I'm fat, man. Well, and I used to wear uh, wrestling shoes. Normal. No, seriously, shoes that were for wrestling. And here's why you're making fun of me. But here's why I wore them. Because you're wrestling no. bears. That's why you were wrestling <laughs> no. Russian bears, you sick no, fucker. No, that's you're illegal like, no. in Oklahoma. Now I know. Now I know that you're saying, uh, come here, big bear. I'm going to wrestle you. And you're like, bears are like, oh, shit. I I'm want scared. to pump you up. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to wrestle the bear. And then you're like, Rawr, and you're wrestling the bear down. Poor Yogi's like, dude, keep the picnic basket. It's fucking cool, man. Just, no, don't grab me there. That's my nuts. Don't grab me. Keep the picnic basket. 
That's what happened, bear wrestler. <laughs> no, I wore them because they have really good ankle support. Uh-huh, yeah, for wrestling bears. <laughs> and I used to twist my ankle a lot in school. From wrestling bears. We bit over that. <laughs> no, it wasn't from that. Bear wrestler. I thought I saw you at the circus once. Twice. Three times a lady. <laughs> we are so horrible. I hate that I think like you. It scares me. Okay. Where was I? Wrestling bears. Okay, no. They found a sock with saliva on it was found, which police had been used. They Police figure had been used to gag Priscilla. Oh. A necktie, a sock, and stockings, and pantyhose, which they believe, because they have been fashioned into ligatures. Oh, okay. Yeah. One of Daniel's sock, Danny's socks was found to have fibers that matched fibers at the Gustafson home. Um, and, uh, one even suggested that they found a hair that belonged to Abigail on his sock. Oh, brutal. Yeah. They found the cordless phone that he had stolen from the house and a thumbprint, which belonged to Daniel was I actually identified on the phone. Oh shit. Yeah. So it directly linked him to the, you know. Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah. So. Even though DNA technology wasn't as advanced as it was, you know, nowadays, as it is nowadays, they were able to, sorry, they were able to um, test the semen and found that it was from a type A secretor and he was a type A secretor. So at the trial, the canine officer testified that his scent dog Picked up the scent from an object in the Gustafson home. Some say it was a pillow. Some say it was a shirt. I don't know. The dog followed the scent straight through the half mile of woods and landed them right at the front door. Good dog. Yeah. Good doggy. So, at the trial, Daniel pled not guilty to the murder charges. His trial began in October of 1988, uh, which, of course, he was 18 by that time. Adult. Yeah. So he was ordered to undergo a psychiatric evaluation at which he was found to be fit for trial. He wasn't guilty by, you know, he was guilty by fucking greasiness is what he was. No, that's why the dog found it, man. You're all stinky and greasy and shit. Yeah, like a fucking French fry. (laughs) McDonald's French fries. I followed that McDonald's kid right to his fucking porch. Yeah. So anyways... Um, even though he was a minor at the time the murders were committed, he was charged as an adult, which you kind of figure because he was already being charged as an adult for the other crime. Right. Right. And plus, you, you can see a history. Yes. So, yeah. yeah. A pattern. Yeah. Well, pattern, history, it's the same thing. I know, but I like but the you word But you know what pattern. he wasn't doing? Wrestling bears. Or using arsenic. Or using arsenic, insulin, or anything like that. So, I'm proud of yeah. him. There you go. So, during the trial, though, the prosecution called as little, or no, excuse me, as many as 50 witnesses. Holy shit. 50. Where the fuck you get 50 witnesses out of all this bullshit? Did somebody see Robin Hood and Little John running through the forest or something? Many of them were Daniel's own family members. (laughs) Yeah. That's fucked up. Um. 
it's pretty much been, well, it's actually been said in a lot of articles that the prosecution's fucking case was pretty much rock solid. Don't you think? <laughs> yeah. You literally found yeah. him with the smoking gun. Yeah. You ain't going to get more rock solid than that. I mean, shit. Yeah. It didn't help the defensive case. <laughs> the defense's case, um, because Daniel came across as extremely unlikable throughout the trial, he showed no remorse and had a smirk on his face the entire time. Oh, yeah. Dude's fucked. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like, you know, a lot of other ones we hear. So the judge, the jury, and probably even, you know, the attorneys and probably even Daniel's own attorneys weren't getting a good vibe from this kid. Um, Defense did not exactly have an easy time defending him either. His lawyer attempted to argue that the evidence found at the LaPlante home was circumstantial and could be linked to any other member of the family. Which is true. Okay, yeah, I can give it that. It could be the evil stepdad who's raping him and having the gun, and he maybe he did. Yeah. However, Daniel's brothers and his stepfather had clear, I mean, verifiable, rock solid alibis for two months. Well, he was hiding. Well, no, this is for the murder. Even for the murders. Yeah. You know what? I think they're making it up. I think they framed poor Danny boy in the house. In the house. He and was framed in the walls. <laughs> that's right. Here's this little wall-dwelling troll. Dude, that's what I think of, yeah. He's a little fucking troll. He's a house troll. Like the people under the stairs. Remember oh, that movie? Oh, yes. But the, it, that was a scary fucking movie. And the, the one of the protagonists in it was uh, was, was the, the lead singer for Talking Heads. Really? Yeah, that's the big skinny dude. Wow. Yeah, he's the lead singer for the Talking Heads. Wow. I can never remember what his fucking name is. Me neither. But that dude is creepy even when he's not doing a creepy movie. Yeah. Yeah, his interviews and everything like that. He's he's creepy. He might be a nice guy. Okay? Like I'm not creepy saying as that. Fuck. Yeah, cuz I don't know the dude, but is he scary like Chris Jericho or just creepy like fucking He's creepy. Like fucking I don't know who. He's just creepy. I'm not scared of Chris Jericho. I already know. know he can kick my ass, and he probably eventually someday is going to hear this podcast and go, I'm going to beat the fuck out of that fat bastard. Yeah, because he's heard you make fun of him a couple times. Because he made fun of my band, and then... Uh, yeah, you yeah. made fun of his song. Made fun of his song. No, that's the, 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 the thing. That song is really... It's a good song. Mm-hmm. It's the video that's bizarre. <laughs> just Bizarre. Like, it makes Maybe you scratch your head and question your own fucking sanity. Maybe that's what he wanted. Maybe. Success. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. So, however, in an attempt to get some leniency, Daniel's lawyers brought up his bad childhood, including the sexual abuse that he received from his father, stepfather, and therapist. Fair enough. Yes. Which, you know what? That's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Good job. You know what? Yeah. So Daniel was actually found guilty on all counts. And his jury only deliberated for like five hours. Um, <sighs> the judge, How disappointing. Yeah. The judge sentenced him to three life sentences because he was a minor. He couldn't get the death penalty. So, and he's currently incarcerated in a prison in Massachusetts. The family members... Of the Gustafsons. Now, you'll hear a little bit. I think I get into it. Yeah. In a minute. 
But um, family members of the Gustafsons and the public were relieved by the sentence. Um, being the mindset that Daniel should never be allowed, like, among society again. I agree. He doesn't, yeah, yeah he's not capable I don't of, think he's mentally capable yeah, of doing He's it. not mentally capable of functioning yeah. in a normal yeah. society. Yeah. A lot of them base it on the fact that only a true monster could murder a pregnant woman and her two small children and have no remorse. Have you been to Walmart? <sighs> You would do it, too. <laughs> Sometimes at Walmart, I'm sitting yeah. there and I'm looking at some trailer trash women. They're on the, their like ninth kid. Yeah. And they got their little fucking crotch but, goblins. Yeah, but not only did he not have any remorse, it appeared as if the whole thing amused him. I wouldn't be amused. But I yeah. wouldn't be amused by killing him. I would just be looking at him going, these crotch goblins in this trailer park yeah. trash need to fucking die. Yeah, I can see that. Because goddamn. If you That's can't, why I don't go to Walmart. If you can't control the little brats that you have, don't bring another one in You here. know people who go to Walmart don't normally go to Freddy's because A, they can't afford it, and B, they have to dress nicer. I was going to say, I got to dress <laughs> up. To, I can go into my local Walmart here wearing nothing but booty shorts with a nut hanging out. And nobody would look at you sideways. And a fucking halter top. <laughs> and it's just that. I want to see you do the two. And it's though. just another day at Walmart. Yeah. With, uh, with fucking Freddy's. I got to go. Fred Myers, I got to go over there. And I actually got to wear like I got to wear clothes. <laughs> yeah. You can get by with wearing shirt and I mean. Torn up jeans and torn up t-shirt, and they'll be all right. But, but if I'm wearing my booty shirts with my nut hanging out, the security no. guards will attack yeah. me. I know because I can't go to that Walmart in Hazeldale anymore for that same reason. Is that the reason? That's the reason. Because you wear booty shorts with your nut hanging out? It was hot. I was trying to get some air conditioning You're on lying. Them. That's why I got thrown out. You are lying. Shut up. You're lying. It's even worse when you look at them dead in the eyes and go, excuse me, can you tell me where you keep the butt plugs and anal lube? And they go, out, out, <laughs> you, now. I know you're, you're not allowed in now. here. Go. I know you're lying. Got kicked out just for asking a fucking question and having my nut hanging out. It was a hot day. Yeah. So in 1993, you guys, we have talked about this before. Um, wait, no. Hang on. Just a minute. Uh, just a minute. Oh, no. It wasn't until later. So in 1993, after he's convicted, he appeals. Okay? Which, okay, they normally do. I didn't, but people normally do. His appeal was for the grounds that the search warrants of his house should not have been granted um, because that's where all the evidence was found to prove his guilt. Okay, yeah. You yeah. shouldn't search a place where you know the, all the evidence is that. I can <laughs> yeah, see that. Right? He that's, said that's that, that search warrant should never have been granted. His appeal denied. No. No. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I never saw that coming. However, he hasn't exactly been an easy prisoner to, like, oversee either. Well, no, there's no walls for him to hide yeah. in, man. It's going to be tough. <laughs> uh, apparently, in the year 2000, he requested that he be moved to for his safety... To another facility after he received his threats from other inmates. Hold on one second. We can be, I'm requesting to be moved to a different studio because I'm in fear of my life from the Sasquatches. And the higher ups won't agree to that? I never get moved. Aww. Never. Makes me sad, man. Yeah. Well. Do this shit remotely. Maybe you won't bite and try to give me rabies. Oh, no. I'll still find a way. <laughs> Hiding in my walls. <laughs> That's right. No, I'm too big to hide in your walls. 
I can't even hide in your walls as a kid. <coughs> um, so, you know, he did. This request was granted, and he was segregated from other inmates. Oh, However, lovely. he sued the Board of Prisons for not allowing him access to the library because he was not allowed as in segregation because they're only allowed out for one hour a day. That's Wait usually a at night. Was he tortured further by having soggy Cheetos? Doesn't say. I bet you he was. What a rough life. Yeah, we'll check this out. For that lawsuit, he actually received $450 for his rights being denied. Only 450 bucks. A penny's too much. That's fucking yeah. stupid. I would think that even well, if you're see, being isolated, yeah, you should be able to order books, right? Well, yeah. Well, and according to a lot of prisons, actually have a book cart that comes around. That's what I thought. Yeah. But they can never deny you access to the law library. They can't. Okay, but you would think even if he's in isolation, if he had spoken up like a normal person and said, hey, I want access to the li- law library. Somebody would have said, okay, you can't go, but what laws are you looking for will get you that reading material and can bring him? Well, it, like I said, they can't, act, they can't deny your access to the law library, so they would have had to take him. I'm just saying he's saying that he couldn't go to the library. Jesus Because my facility had a library, and then often one alcove was the law library. And that's where all and the shady deals well, happened. Well, and it was always separated because you had to have confidentiality and privacy in there. Which makes sense, because yes. you're looking at laws that could be pertaining yes. to your case. Exactly. No, I, I totally dig, yeah. Yeah. I'm hip to this. And I'm, a lot of people don't really want other prisoners to know what their case is. Right, right. Yeah. I hear you chirping, Big Bird. Yeah. So. They, uh, actually, Jake used that uh, just yesterday. I was surprised. He, I was saying something, and he goes, I, I hear you. I hear, I hear you chirping, Big Bird. That's funny. Oh, that's fucking awesome. Uh, that makes my heart glad. No, because I was talking to our mutual friend the other day, and I said that, and he started laughing. I said, yeah. I said, I have a couple of sayings like that. I said, but that's the one that Scott really picks up, picked up on and started saying it. I said, when he did, my heart was so proud, because <laughs> none of my other friends will say it to me. Um, that's because they all have like, well, fucking Kitty shame. Will. Kitty I have will. no shame. Well, Kitty will say it because, but she'll only say it to me. She won't say it to anybody else. Then he kicked up a fuss. You'll love this one. Are you ready? Look on your face says yes. Yeah, because someone sent him some mail that was confiscated, and he complained about it because it was over. It it was when porn was sent to him, which is actually oh, contraband, but still, yeah. That's some bullshit. Brother needs some porn, man. Give him some jerky yeah. material. Yeah. Um, in 2013, he um, sued the prisons because they did not allow him to, quote, properly exercise his faith um, because while in prison... He converted to Wiccan. And in order to worship, he demanded that he be brought various oils, which, you know, they say ritual oils. Okay. And this included dragon's blood, black opium, and honeysuckle. Um, And apparently, it also required carrot cake because he complained that he wasn't getting that. God damn it. But what does a brother have to do to get some goddamn carrot cake in prison? <laughs> Doesn't matter what religion I practice. Yeah, that's some bullshit. You know what? You guys are fucked up denying that poor kid some goddamn carrot cake. That's yeah. his religion. 
fucked up, man. Give him some carrot cake. I'm going to send him a carrot cake with a file in it. <laughs> a whole cake or just just one of those little tiny files in no, the whole fucking... Cake. Big old file in it. And a slice of cake. Because I'm, I'm slick like that. They'll never, they'll never figure out that there's a whole file in there. Yeah, never. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. And nobody's allowed... They don't even allow food in there to... I mean, they allow you to purchase it, but they don't allow you to fucking... Send it in. Damn it, because right in the middle, what I was going to do up underneath is I was going to put him a bunch of porn magazine stuff for him. So that way there he's got something for a spank bank, you know, a little jerk, jerk, jerk. He'd be on it. But no, can't even help a brother out with some carrot cake and some porn in a file. You're weird. No, I'm just trying to stick up for the little jerking off little sick, greasy bastard. Now... When Daniel was 46 in 2017, and we knew this would happen because that's right after the that case where it was deemed um, improper for juveniles to be sentenced to life sentences without parole. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he, of course, appealed for that. He appealed for a reduced sentence for that. Um he had been in prison already for 30 years and he had hoped that his sentence could be changed so that he could serve his life sentence con- uh, concurrently okay. and not consecutively. It's a smart move. actually. Yeah. So this would have made him eligible for parole that year rather than 2032. Okay. After serving three life sentences. Because he received 45 life sentences in total. I mean, 45 years total. Okay. Okay. So the family of Priscilla Gustafson and the prosecution were against this resentencing. Yes. Obviously. So um, her husband actually, no, her sister actually said, who was Christine Morgan, actually got up and testified saying that this is like reliving the murders all over again. Okay, which I see. And it's a life-changing, okay? Um, we talked about in the Rodney Alcala case when he fucking had his prison sentence overturned twice. Yeah. And the mother had to live through her mother's, her daughter's death three times. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So um, Daniel actually apologized. He said, and I'm quoting, I do not have the words to fully express my profound sorrow, but I am truly sorry for harm that I've caused from, from the very essence of who I am from the depths of my soul. I am sorry. Okay. If he he means it, then that's good. Yeah. Well, a lot of people who did attend his, uh, that resentencing hearing said that it felt insincere because he had like no emotion behind it. Well, he's been in prison. He doesn't have the best role models to develop. Oh, yeah, because you're not. I mean, I've heard a male <laughs> in anything anywhere other than Oregon. If they show any kind of emotion, it's yeah. Li- yeah. You're getting raped is what's going to happen. Yeah, you're going to be somebody's I mean, bitch. Yeah, the only emotion you're allowed to show is anger and rage. You know? So, um, so he was obviously, they felt he was obviously just going through the emotions, thinking that's what he needed to do. Okay. Which we've seen also that if they don't ag- admit to being responsible, they don't get parole. Yeah. That's a net. That's always. Yeah. Cause that that's was always. Brutos. Yeah. Yeah. Just and Brutos right said, across the, yeah. the river here. Yeah. 
but yeah, he was the sick motherfucker too. So. Oh yeah. For a minute there, I thought I, my my brain flashed to fucking Bernardo, but that's Canada. And you know, because we no, were talking, we're talking about, about Brutos. My mind's still on Hermalco and Bernardo. They can both fucking. They, they <laughs> Your mind is always gonna be fucking on killed. Bernardo, like seriously, fucking pissed down her fucking throat. Yeah. So the superior court judge, her name is Helene Kazanjian. I'm sure she is very, very Hungarian. Yeah, think. Yeah. She's hungry for your or, love. Or Czech. Yeah. She, I bet you she wrestles bears, too. Yeah, see? she was the middle sex superior court. You and her have something in common with the judge there. Same, same. Wrestling the bears. <laughs> Are you, I'm not Hungarian. I'm Dutch and German. Fine. Hello. We are wrestling bears today. <laughs> For the North Sea Army. <laughs> the Third Reich. Bear wrestler. <laughs> Am I related to Hitler? You probably are. No, I was asking your Russian, your German friend. We know that you are, Tommy. You are a direct descendant of the Nazis. <laughs> Whatever, teacher. <laughs> now go wrestle a bear. <laughs> Shut up. Anyways, he would know if I was. Um, anyways, she kind of agreed with everything, and she was unmoved by when she said, Mr. Plant has not been rehabilitated. So she formally resentenced him to his original sentence, and so he's not up for parole again until 2032, well, which is just out. in 11 years. So. Yeah. Yeah, or actually 10 after next month. So, um, this case, this is what she's saying. This case does not involve a single act that resulted in three deaths. Mr. Plant committed three distinct and brutal murders. What are you doing? Are you rubbing? Oh, it looked, my arm, it looked like you were rubbing something like a freaking Buddha doll. Rubbing my belly, making a wish. Rubbing my belly, making a wish. Put a belly. Are you done? And jazz hands. <laughs> I wish I could remember what movie that was from. It's not. It's from uh, 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 the TV show Will and Grace, I think, with his oh, gay friend. you're right. You're right. Jack. Yeah, Jack yeah. and just, jazz hands. He goes, just Jack. Just Jack. Yes, you're right. Jazz hands. Yeah, you're right. My bad. So anyways... um, she said they were three distinct and brutal murders. He killed a 33-year-old pregnant woman, and then he stopped and then killed the son. And when the daughter arrived, he waited for the daughter to come home and killed the daughter. That's three distinct acts. Yes. It's not like he just lined them up and shot them all at the same time. Yeah. Okay. okay. I'm, I'm, I'm hipping that. Then yeah. she says he left a family and community devastated. The court finds that the maximum penalty is warranted in his case. Um, Priscilla's brother um, said that um, outside the courts, he said, is it justice? How can you say it's justice? He executed Priscilla and her children. When he lifts that life sentence off, when he lifts that life sentence off them, we can lift the life sentence off him. I agree. I agree with that as well. 
Now, <coughs> Andrew Gustafson. Hello, Andrew. Yeah. He actually got remarried in 1989. Good. Yeah. And this is what's really cool about this story. That's why I'm including it. He married a lady by the name of Carol. She was also a recent widow. Oh, okay. Yeah. When they got married, because they had actually met in grief counseling. Hmm. Yeah. And when they got married, um, they wanted to honor their former spouses. Because it's not like they got a divorce and there were bad feelings. They really loved their spouses. So they wanted to honor them. So when they did the ring ceremony, they took their old wedding bands off and put them on their other hand and then used their new wedding, you know, on their marriage figure. So they always had the remembrance of their deceased spouse. Which I think is freaking amazing. I mean, that's awesome because it's like they'll never forget them. Right. And they know that their new spouse will never be them, but they can still honor them and respect the fact that they were in each other's lives. Right. That's that's totally fucking cool, man. Yeah. So they actually ended up, they had two daughters. So he had two more children. Um, And he had left his law practice and he began working for the state as a child advocate. Sweet. Yeah. And some have... thought that maybe he did it out of some sort of way to try to help other people that could be like, you know, Daniel. Right. right, Before they get to that point. That makes sense, yeah. Yeah. So he stayed there for 12 years, then went to work um, with the Massachusetts Conference of the United Church of Christ, which is he was a member of. So... Speak when he spoke of LaPlante in an interview in 2007, he said, um, LaPlante could take them, but he couldn't stop my hope, life, faith, and rebuilding a new life. Um, he told an interviewer that he did not think that Daniel about Daniel that often and did not know if he could ever, but he didn't know if he could ever forgive him. Um, then he says, as far as I've come, I don't think I've come far enough to deal with that. I've still got more miles to go in my journey, which I understand that as well. Totally. So, however, he passed away in May of 2014. He was 60 years old and he died of cancer. Shitty. Yeah. But still, I mean, he went on to have a good life. Yeah, and that's the most important thing. Yeah, right he didn't succumb to any like grief and all that. He was like, you know what? I need to move on. Yeah. You know? But yeah, I thought it was really cool when I read that part about, you know, getting remarried and honoring their other spouses. That was pretty awesome. That's pretty badass. Yeah. So I'm done, but I don't even have to ask. Nurture. Yeah. I know that one. I'm not even going to fucking yeah. even think about that. It's, that's nurture 100%. Yeah, that's 100% nurture. That kid was broken from birth. But. This is my question. Okay. Should he have been offered bail? No. Yeah, because he no. lived in their walls for two months. Yeah, that's fucking a, that. That shows that's such a, a deep psychosis and a planning and a <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, and even after finding out that he lived in his own home's walls for months on end, yeah, that's where you go. Um, okay, no, let's keep yeah. this little fucking crazy motherfucker yeah. here. So I, I kind of. I don't know. I mean, because it didn't sound to me like they were the suing kind, but it almost makes you wonder if they should have sued, you know, filed the lawsuit against the state for letting him out in the first place. 
Yeah, probably. Because they knew he was a dangerous offender. He got caught. They found him with a fucking hatchet. <laughs> yeah. In this other people's house. So it's obvious he, he had. There's clear intent. Yeah. It was either intent to harm them physically or an intent to scare the shit out of them. Either way. When you're in somebody's home, and this is how I understand the law in most states, and you brandish a weapon. Yeah. Whether or not internally you want to kill them or harm them, you are showing clear intent to do so. Right. Doesn't matter what you're thinking, because we can always go back and say, no, I really wasn't thinking that. You have a weapon. That is an obvious show of a threat and aggression. That's clear intent to cause harm. Yeah. But no, that was my only question, is if they should have given him bail. Groovy. But, yeah. Ready to end this so we can get something to eat and do another I am episode? I'm ready to end this because let's hear your two episodes because you got me drunk and I'm kind of tired. Sweet. Not drunk, drunk, but you know. Remember, you can send us an email at brutalnation at twistedbluellc.com. Check out the website at www.twistedbluellc.com. Click on the Amazon link. Helps out the show. Doesn't cost you anything extra. If you want to sponsor the show and help us out, which we would really appreciate, check out Patreon. Any amount helps. There's also quizzes on there. We're going to be having some giveaways and all kinds of stuff like that. Uh, Check us out on Medium, Crime Beat on Medium, and wherever you get your blogs from, you get all the information without having to put up with my bullshit. Although I think I'm fucking hilarious. You're the only one. Everybody does. Your mom even laughs. (laughs) Because <laughs> she knows it annoys me. This show's copyrighted 2021 by Twisted Blue LLC. All rights are reserved, and we will see you guys or hear you guys will hear us. We won't see you because <laughs> fuck, I can't see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye everybody.